we know that the family solidarity depends on me loving and respecting you. When I stop respecting you, when I respect you only because of the house you live in, the car you drive, the job you got, the status you have. When I love and respect you only for those things, God is, is, is angry because he knows whether you're digging a ditch or you're sitting on the presidential throne, you're still his child and he favors one, not one over the other. This is the God we love and the God we serve, and it matters. So no ever thank you. So you, 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 my grandfather said, boy, what goes up got to come down. You stick your head up too far and somebody's going to knock it off. Now, Lord, this day, we've already heard from you. So now, oh God, let us bask in your glory. Let me decrease as you increase. Inspire our hearts, oh God, and unite us. May the words that I speak bring you praise and never, never shame. We ask all things in the name of the risen one. Amen. 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 The name, title of the sermon for this blessed morning, Family Solidarity, Loving and Respecting One Another. Every now and then I have to counsel somebody and they'll share a story with me and I'll ask them, it's such a rich story, I'll say, can I share the story? And so this young lady said, you can share it, I just don't want my name mentioned. You don't know her anyway, and I wouldn't have mentioned her name, but a story is worth telling. A beautiful single parent young lady who's fallen on hard times. She has been sickly, and uh, she needed to buy her medicine. So she asked her cousin, who had been her best friend, her roommate, and the cousin was doing well. She had married well. She married a a uh, young uh, intern, doctor, and they were doing good. They, so she always shared with her cousin how good she was doing. So the cousin said, well, I need to borrow $75 to get my medicine. I'll call her. Now, when they were in college together, the, the, the sickly child had paid the rent. She had covered everything because her cousin was not making much money. So she just assumed that since they had this relationship, her cousin would just say, hey, I'm, I'm glad to offer you $75 to get your medicine. Well, when she texted her, the text came back, I've spent so much money and I'm trying to build my money back up. And, and she thought it was a joke. She sent a, a crazy emoji back to her and she thought she was teasing her, but she meant it. She would not give her the money because she was building up her reserves. So the young lady, something told the young lady to go to the, go to the pharmacy anyway. And a little man in there, he looked, didn't look like the kind of person who would care about anybody. Kept following her around the store and she got kind of nervous. And she turned and looked at him and he said, uh, can you walk up to the counter with me to get my medicine? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling kind of woozy and I want to make sure I get up there. So she thought it won't hurt anything, and he seems honest enough, so she walked with him to get his medicine. And then he said, the Lord told me to buy your medicine today. Her cousin, the relationship she'd had with her cousin that she thought would have been there for her, this man who didn't know her from Adam said, I will buy your medicine today. The Lord told me to do this. 
We live in a world where people are, are so consumed with what they have that they can't give anything away. So consumed, she never thought about all the sacrifices her cousin had made for her. None of that came to mind because now she's doing wonderfully well. And the cousin said, I need, them. I need medicine. I hadn't had it in a day. Didn't move her. What's going on in our world when, I'm, when the needs of our brothers and sisters in the family, the family's lost its solidarity because what we are concerned with is what the world tells us we ought to be concerned with. I don't know what their relationship will be in the future, but I know the family has to be mended. They have to build a bridge back to one another. How do, how do we do that today? This prodigal son story is such a powerful story because the man was hurt and all the people you expected to stop didn't stop. The religious folk, so holy, so, so, earthly, so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. The religious folk, I got to get to the meeting. I got to get the conference. Ain't never been late for conference. Bishop's waiting on me. I got a meeting. I got this, I got that. But this man is bleeding, he's hurting. He could be dying. And, and, and we're so busy, caught up and wrapped up in self that we can't see that God has said to us, open your eyes, there's a whole world waiting on you, a whole world waiting on you to make it better. Amen. There are babies crying out from the grave because we have not made the world better. 19 babies slaughtered, adults slaughtered, seniors slaughtered. Every day we turn on the news and somebody else is dying and we're stupid enough to be arguing about whether or not people ought to have guns. When folk are dying, it's not a Second Amendment right. It's, it's a right for people to live. And when we care more about whether or not somebody has a right to have a gun in his or her pocket than we do the lives of the babies who are crying out from the graves, God is not happy with us. He ought not be happy with us. You're afraid you don't know if you go to the mall what's going to happen? You, you go to the park to push your kids in a swing, you don't know what's going to happen. You're terrified of letting them go to the skating ring. The world has got to change, and the change must begin with us. We must see the needs of the people in the world, and more than anything, just not just pray about it, get up and do something about it. Write your congressman, write the policeman, write everybody, and say enough is enough. We are concerned about everybody in God's kingdom. Family solidarity, what does it take? It takes me and you looking at each other and finding out that we have value. It is so stupid for people to, when they differ in opinion, they have to hate each other. God made us diverse. We can politically think differently. We can think differently about a lot of things, but we ought to value every human being. You're not valued on whether or not you're a Democrat or Republican, whether you're black or white, rich or poor. You're valued on the fact that you are a child of God, beautifully and wonderfully made, and no one can take that from you. Nobody can take you and separate you from the love of God. Because you belong to the family of God, and family solidarity matters. It matters how we look at one another. It matters how we hold one another. It matters how we love one another. So many things divide us. So many petty things. One of my, one of my friends who happens to be Euro-American said to me, man, we slug it out What I rival fraternities and sororities, you, you folk get along. 
you black sororities and fraternities, y'all like each other. You party together, you like each other. Yeah, because we family. You might go left, I might go right, but at the end we come together because we are the family of God. Before anything else, we are, we are descendants of slaves who came here and nothing's going to divide us. Nothing divides us. Because we know who we are. We know whose we are. And whatever banner or whatever shield we might possess and be across our chest, we know first and foremost that we are children of God. And what Christ wants, what he wants comes first. We understand what it means to be family. Folk in the world just sometimes they just turn, look at people of color, look at brown, black and brown people and just don't understand. We understand because we've been in this lifeboat together. And we know we have to row together and all drown. We know that the family solidarity depends on me loving and respecting you. When I stop respecting you, when I respect you only because of the house you live in, the car you drive, the job you got, the status you have. When I love and respect you only for those things, God is, is, is angry because he knows whether you're digging a ditch or you're sitting on the presidential throne, you're still his child and he favors one, not one over the other. This is the God we love and the God we serve, and it matters. So no ever thank you. So you, 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 my grandfather said, boy, what goes up got to come down. You stick your head up too far and somebody's going to knock it off. You know, you know you can't don't look down on folk. You know, we get a little position and we so refined. Um, I, let's see, who can I invite to my party? Uh, yeah, he's worthy, she's worthy. They haven't moved up enough. Maybe by next year they'll be, they'll be on our, our, our plane. And the street behind us, oh, that's the projects. We can't invite anybody from there. No, 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 no. What kind of game are we playing? What kind of game are we playing? At the end of the day, you will be in six feet of dirt, the same as if you had a million dollars or you got two dollars. At the end of the day, nobody's going to haul all your loot to the grave with you. At the end of the day, the stuff that you worked so hard for, your children will either enjoy it or, or blow it. That's, the, that's life. I admire people who say, I want to I want to say, I want to leave something for my children. Well, you better enjoy your life now. You've done plenty for your children. Help them to stand on their own. You got something when you're gone, that's great and fine. But you, you didn't take your trip. I wanted to take a bus, a train ride to Chicago and New York, but the little bogo, I thought maybe I'll leave a little bogo the money. Okay. <laughs> okay. God has said to us, the world is vast and beautiful. You do what you do. Love your children, love your family, but take care. sometimes take time to take care of you. And the family solidarity say, take time to breathe. Take, time to, take some time to do something for you. You've earned it. You, you, you've done it. Family solidarity says that we understand that when we see a bleeding brother or sister, when we see a hurting brother or sister, we don't ask how they got there. We ask how they can get out of the situation. Too often we're sitting around whining. They done lost their house. I guess he gambled away. Uh, they ain't got no utilities on. I guess they blew their money. You don't know what happens to anybody. You don't know my situation. I don't know yours. So, so stop assuming 
that I've done something bad and assume that if you can help me, you help me. Assume that every child of God needs love. Assume that every God, child of God needs attention. And I'm telling you, Bill Weathers is, is right. Lean on me. When you're not strong, lean on me. I will help you to carry on. Sooner or later, you're going to need to lean on somebody. Sooner or later, we're all going to be too weak to walk. Sooner or later. But we know that if we've been faithful, somebody's got our back. You, if you ain't got no ride or die friend, it means you ain't been a ride or die friend. Amen. We want to talk about what people haven't done for us. And the question is, what have you done for God's kingdom? What have you done? I remember uh, uh, um, the musician. They were doing the Hall of Fame um, the pianist who goes crazy, the Little Richard. They're on TV having a wonderful show. Little Richard gets mad. Y'all ain't never done nothing for me. I started the mess. You ain't never done nothing for me. I want to say, Little Richard, you have to let people do what they want to do. You can't make anybody do anything for you. In this world that we live in, we can't make people do. They got to do it because they want to do it. They got to do it because they are led by God to do it. And if they're made to do it, it has no value anyway. You don't give me $10. Why? I got my pistol on you. You don't give me $10. It's not the same. When you generously out of your heart, out of your heart, you give because you have built those kind of relationships. Then the movie Grand Torino, I love that movie. I love Clint Eastwood. He's one of my favorite all-time actors. But in the movie, Clint Eastwood is a bigoted racist, kind of older guy, been in the Korean War, and he lives next door to, to an Asian family. And he's saying all the, sees all the stereotypes and says all the negative stuff. But he made good friends with one of the Asian boys. And at the end of the story, this Grand Torino, which is a, that's an awesome car, a Grand Torino he has, and his, his daughter is sitting back there smugly after he dies. She's sitting back there really smug because she wants that car. The family never visits their grandpa and their pa. They have a broken relationship, but at, but at the end, he gives his house to the church, and they really ticked off. And it comes down to the Grand Torino, and, as he, and, and the lawyer says he wants to give this to his favorite person, blah, blah, blah. And she's sitting back there feeling entitled. She's just grinning. Could, didn't care if he lived or died. Never talked to him, never called him. She wants his Grand Torino. And he gives it to the Asian kid and the whole theater erupts. Applause. Yes, yes, yes. Because it doesn't make you family always just being by blood, but by extended relationships it makes you family. We got families, we got people in our own blood family that can't stand us, we can't stand them. But there are people in our extended family that will be our ride and die friends that are going to be there and forever and ever, amen. That's who we are. That's the family solidarity. Your family can have, you can have people in Korea, people in China, people in Chicago, all up because you have made a relationship with these people. And it matters. It matters. I always say to people, you can tell what kind of person you are when just by the audience when you die. You know, most of the time we, we watch people and there's no diversity. Everybody looks alike. But when you got a sprinkling of diversity in that, that, that says this person has gone out of his or her way to build relationships with somebody who, who, who's different from them, 
or by, by circumstance, they build healthy, wholesome relationships. Last night, the other night, they were talking about uh, 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 the Brian Piccolo, the story, and the actor who, prayed, who played in, the, in there passed away, but they were talking about Brian Piccolo's story. With Brian Piccolo and Gail Sears were members of the team, the Bears, Chicago Bears. And in a time when people played together, they didn't necessarily love each other across racial lines. Gail Sears and Brian Piccolo were like brothers. And it didn't matter what the world says, said they, they lived there together and, and, the, and Brian's death almost killed Gail Sears because they had that kind of relationship. And when he said, Brian Piccolo is my brother, he didn't mean it, it, just to say, I want the TV to know, or, or, or this is for the news. He said it because I have lived with this man. We have fought together in the trenches. We've been brothers, and the world, which wanted to divide us, could not do it. The world doesn't have to divide you unless you let allow it to divide you. The world doesn't uh, put you in a, in, a, in a bowl, in a vacuum. You allow it to do that. But family solidarity says everybody in this world matters. There's seven billion plus people in this world, and they matter. When they're hurting, they're hurting. And at the end of the day, what we do understand is that when we're able to laugh together and love together and play together, then war will cease and guns won't be needed. And the family of God can say, we have arrived. Heaven is truly here on earth when that day comes. But until that day comes, you and I have to be role models for what it means to be kingdom builders. We have to be role models for what it means to build a relationship. We have to be role models for what it means to love and care wholeheartedly for one another. And what people need to be able to say about you is, he's the same today, tomorrow, and the next day. They need to be able to say that nothing changes this person because they happen to be a child of God. The question this morning is, Oh, we sang the song that helped us with that song on how I love Jesus. The question is, do you really? Do you really? We, we, how many times you told somebody you love them? Men? How many times? I love you, baby. <laughs> you know I love you, baby. How many times we told somebody that, that we did not mean it? So are you telling Jesus you love him and you don't mean it? If you mean it, if you love somebody, it ought to show. If you love your, your spouse, she ought to get flowers sometimes. If you love your spouse, he or she ought to get a special dinner sometimes. If you love your, your spouse, you ought to be spontaneous and do something sometimes. If you love your spouse, you ought to do more than just say it. You ought to show it. So Jesus is getting a little sick and tired of us saying, oh, how I love Jesus. And we go into the world. How do you love Jesus and don't love the world? How do you love Jesus Christ and not impact the world? How do you see hurting people and not see Jesus? There are too many people on the streets needing things, and we're just so busy riding. We, are, we got air conditioning. But how many people in this hot weather have we checked on? When I lived in Chicago, we checked on people on our block because they died in the heat. Too proud that they didn't want to ask you for a fan. They didn't want to ask you for, for, for air conditioner. They just, there were elderly people who, had been, who had that 
Southern pride they bought from down south. They won't ask you for anything. You had to go and literally make them take an air conditioner, make them take a fan. You had to go to check on them because they had it pride. But the people in the area were glad to go and do that. They knocked on doors. They didn't want anybody to die. Do you want anybody to die? Are you knocking on doors? Are you saying to everybody, you're a worthy child of God and nobody's going to die in this heat because we care? One of the churches raised $40,000 to help pay people's utility bills. You know what the answer is for most churches? Well, they got it. You know, I know them snooty people. They could have done more. The question, though, is what if every church polled their members and said, okay, we got 100 members, this is how much we can give. If that church got 1,000 members, how much they could give. Do you know how much money we could raise? But it doesn't matter what denomination we are, we spend more time fussing about what we need and what we ain't got. And God's shaking his head as we eat steak and lobster and buy wonderful stuff for ourselves. Got more stuff than we'll ever need. God's shaking his head because we are saying let somebody else do it. But I'm telling you, sooner or later that somebody else is going to be you. And when is your time? When will you come to the pastor? When will you come to the lady? When will you come to the board and say, I want to do this for this community. I want to do this. Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, whoever you are, I want to do this because I want to live in family solidarity. I want to show people that I love and I respect them. When will we do that? When are we able to do, to do that? And when are we willing to do it? It's going to be a long, hot summer, folk. It's going to be harder in your heart if you're not careful. When you seal yourself off from the world and pretend like nothing, nothing out there is happening, nothing is happening, then we're already in trouble. I am energized and encouraged because I know the people I'm talking to. And I know your heart. I know your faith. And I know that you will be praying and working diligently to make this world a better place. They come to church for you is more than a ritual. It's more than more than something to do on Sunday. You come before because you want to meet God and you want God to meet you and you want God to take you into the world to make the world a better place. Now God calls all of us. Now are you willing to go? Are you willing to go? One young lady comes to this church every Sunday with her babies. It's what a witness. Comes every Sunday, sits back there with her babies. Many would say too, they're too young to understand church, but they're not. She's grooming them in relationships with loving folk who the children want to love you when you love children back. Is this a friendly place for children? Tracy? I admire her and others who are young and still bring their babies to church. Amen. It would be so easy to sleep in. She works hard. It would be so easy to say, I'm not coming. But every Sunday, she's here. 
She's here because you've made her welcome, here because you love her, and that ought not ever stop. We ought to be more inviting to Tracy and others who bring their babies here. And there ought to be days when we are able to say, she's tired, I'm going to hold the baby, I'm going to take care of the baby. I'm going to be what I need to be. That's the way the old church used to behave and act. Are you willing to be the church? A lot of broken people, a lot of hurting people. Will you step up? Amen, amen, and amen.